Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. USG, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Podcast. I'm Noah Weiss, your host, and I'm excited to have a special guest on today's episode with me, Gentry Mullins, an experienced sport industry professional who has worked with the likes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Phoenix Suns, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and more. Gentry, appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Noah. You know, certainly appreciative, humbled uh, to be here, and obviously love the the mission of this podcast. So, absolutely, Gentry, and Gentry, I'm really excited for today because we're going to spend some time discussing what it takes to have a successful career within the college and professional sport industry. But I would love to start by having you share a little bit about your career journey and why you chose to work within the college and pro sport industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, hopefully, I don't bore the listeners too much. Um, but you know, as I as I mentioned, you know, I am uh, originally from an extremely small town uh, in uh, you know rural Southwest Virginia, um, like right on the Kentucky border. I think my hometown was like you know three thousand people. Mm-hmm. I went to a college of about two thousand people. Um, and you know, for me, I just was like you know I love sports. You know, I was you know watching you know the Sports Center loop three hours in a row on Saturday mornings. You know, me and my dad and mom really bonded by going to sporting events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of just the only thing that was like a consistent constant for me. And so I was like, I, you know, it would be pretty cool to work in sports. And so for me, I was like, you know, I'll probably work in like the minor leagues around like, you know, my hometown, like mm-hmm. live in a big city like Johnson City, Tennessee. And, <laughs> you know, work for like, a, you know, a minor league baseball team around, the, you know, the, the area. And, you know, I had a sports management concentration you know really my my college degree wasn't really focused on you know business it was more of like how to become a PE teacher and you know there was like a couple business classes in there that I really kind of gravitated towards and thought those were really unique Mm -hmm. Um, and you know luckily for me like the best part of that you know curriculum was that I had to do a summer internship and you know for most of my classmates like it was kind of like just to check the box like let me do something quickly. Let me do like a weekend tennis tournament and kind of get on with my summer or let me work at like the local like sporting goods store at like my hometown. And, you know, for me, I was like, well, if I want to work in sports, I I probably need to start actually having like a qualified internship to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I, I, you know, started Googling like minor league baseball internships around like, you know, my, my, my hometown and all of a sudden I came across teamwork online, which, you know, is probably the most notable, you know, job board in the sports industry. And, mm. you know, was just amazed at like all these pro sports jobs were just right there. You yeah. know, it was like, I remember seeing the, you know, the Atlanta Hawks and the Sacramento Kings. And mm-hmm. I just started applying to every internship I could, yeah. you know, whether it was community relations, human resources, corporate partnerships, group sales, and, you know, I, I think I applied to 163 opportunities. No, I got one wow. back. 
Wow. Um, and it was, it was a group sales internship for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, honestly, I had no clue what sales was. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I just assumed that these buildings and these arenas and stadiums, they just filled up because like, who doesn't want to go to sporting events? Right. right. And, you know, cause every time you turn it on, it's full. So like mm-hmm. you never goes into your thought process of like, well, who actually put all those people there? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was certainly was not really that qualified to get that internship <laughs> and just getting the email from the Buccaneers was like, honestly, good enough for me. You know, my parents and me are like huge NFL fans. So, mm-hmm. you know, just to say that I got an email from the Buccaneers was crazy enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, during that process, like there was no one that was more prepared than me mm-hmm. during those interviews. Yeah. You know, I would lock myself in a room two hours prior and I had everybody's, you know, background memorized. I knew the questions I was going to ask, kind of very similar to the, you know, the stuff that you did with this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I lucked my way into that internship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I got there, you know, you know, spent a, a summer there, which was just the most transformative three months mm-hmm. of my life. Um, went back, finished, you know, my, my final year of school, actually graduated early just so I could get back down to Tampa. Yeah. Uh, spent two and a half years selling with the Buccaneers. Um, this was when the Bucks were really bad. Like we got the number one pick yeah. my second year there, which was when we drafted Jameis Winston. Um, then I wow. uh, went out to, to Phoenix for two years, really running their entry level sales program. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, helping, you know, a lot of college students get their first job in sports and, and kind of learn how to sell. Um, spent two years there. Then three years went to the Cavaliers, like right after LeBron had left. Wow. And so, um, it was one of those opportunities where a lot of people looked at it as a challenge. And I said, you know, if we can rebuild a business after LeBron leaves, like it's a pretty cool resume stamper. Um, and we did that. And so spent three years in, in Cleveland, um, went to the agency side for a year, really, mm-hmm. you know, helping, you know, teams and companies all across the country in the sports vertical, really just like help improve the revenue operations, whether that through recruiting and executive search or mm-hmm. through just consulting and leadership training or sales training um, and loved it. And then, um, you know, this opportunity here in Brooklyn uh, was a special one. It kind of came out of nowhere yeah. uh, with people that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a city that, you know, I thought would really challenge me and stretch me. Yeah. Um, and so we've been here in Brooklyn for a little over three months now. So, um, it's a little bit about me. That's awesome, Gentry. And I appreciate you sharing too. And I think your testimony about your career is, is inspiring because you come from a humble background, right? A small town guy. Um, you were like minor leagues was going to be my cap. And obviously now you're looking at yourself with an organization like the Brooklyn Nets, BSE Global, um, obviously a very, very premier uh, sales organization. So that's an incredible place to be. And so I think for our listeners, that's encouraging just in itself, um, of hearing where you've been and where God has taken you over the course of your career. And Gentry, kind of going off of what you talked about, of you applied to 163 internships, you got one email back. That's a common struggle throughout the sport industry. Many young professionals are struggling to find out, how can I separate myself from this pack of so many applicants for these positions? And so how can our listeners begin to do that? And how can they differentiate themselves to hopefully stand out in the hiring process? It's, it's a great question, though, and I, I talk a, a lot about this on LinkedIn. 
to, to me, the interview process is more in, indicative of effort than it really is anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, and, and again, I think a lot of folks like we just don't know how much like effort can go into these things. And so, you know, I'd say 95% of the people out there just, you know, checking the box, like they're applying for that job and they're kind of done with it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what I did, yeah. you know, cause I didn't know any better. Right. And so, you know, when you, when you're in that interview process, like there's so many different ways to really differentiate yourself. Like you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, one is, is just that, like, it's that preparation, yeah. right? Like, you know, you can show up to that call, not knowing a single thing about that person, or you can show up to that call, knowing everything about their background, mm-hmm. you know, their whole trajectory. And like, you're already ahead of that other person that didn't do any work on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's just effort that you're willing to put in the front end because you care. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I always say, you know, it's, it's those things. It's, it's making sure that, you know, you're coming prepared to these things that, you know, when you are applying for a job that you didn't just apply, but, you know, you went on LinkedIn, you found out who that hiring manager is, you shot them a, a LinkedIn message and you said, hey, Noah, you know, just as a heads up, I applied for this job. Um, I think this is really, you know, conducive to my skill set. Um, you know, I love what you guys are doing. I'd love just to, to talk more about how I think my candidacy is a great fit for you and your organization. Mm. You know, that's one way to, you know, all of a sudden differentiate yourself. Are you yeah. doing that with a handwritten note too? Yeah. You know, if you're in market, are you going up to, you know, some of the employees on game day and just saying, hey, you know, how do I get a job here? Mm-hmm. You know, like when you when you kind of boil it down to it, like people want to be helpful, yeah. but they can't help people that don't know they need to be helped, yeah. you know? Well and so it's, it's doing that. I think it's after the interview process, it's following up, it's continuing mm-hmm. to be really specific and intentional yeah. with those messages, not just, hey, thanks for the time. It's, hey, no, you know, I really appreciated the 30 minutes that you gave me as busy as you are. Um, you know, this is a couple of things I took away from our call. Yeah. Um, would love to continue the conversation if you, if you think it's a, it's a fit. Um, but like I said, I'm really excited about this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that persistence just shows how much you care about it, how much mm-hmm. effort. And this is what I would say to, to our leaders here is like, if someone's not willing to give us effort during a three-step interview process, what makes us feel like they're going to give us an effort, you know, give us a plus effort for three years? Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, it's just something to think about as you're going through this interview process is like, am I outworking everybody else mm-hmm. through this process? Because um, that's a pretty good indication if you're going to put yourself in a position to win that job. Yeah, absolutely, Gentry. I think, too, it, the interview process is where you're able to display who you are and what you can bring to the table. Um, to the hiring managers. And it's really the only time you can do that. A resume speaks so much about who you are, but there's nothing quite like the interview where you're able to really display your skill set and why you should have that position. So to your point, it's the effort you put into it. It's the research you put into it. It's the follow-up is huge. We're huge on handwritten notes here at USG, talking about those as an elemental piece to making yourself stand out. Uh, Not many people write notes or send notes anymore. And it's a really great touch to, to kind of wrapping up the interview and following up. So totally agree and I think, on all those you know, points. not to cut you off. No, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people just think like, Oh, that's pretty common. Like that seems so elementary, but you'd be shocked at how many people don't do the elementary steps that just totally. put them in that position. Yeah. Right. Like we had a, we had a sales combine here a couple of weeks ago. I think we had like 33 candidates here. Wow. I got one handwritten note out of the 33 folks. Wow. Like, you know, that's just a perfect example. Right. Yeah. So. It is a great example, and I think it speaks to just how those those unique situations of being able to set yourself apart with something like a handwritten note, um, I think it does speak volumes to, to your character and the work you put in in that position as well said. Yep. 
In Gentry, another tough part for young professionals is there are so many career paths within the, within the sport industry. Obviously, for you, it was sales that has really been the, the, the steps you've taken to, to have a career in sports. So how can a young, young professional know which career path is best for them? How did you know sales was where you wanted to be? I mean, I didn't until I was in it. You know, um, like I mentioned, you know, I, I just assumed these places kind of filled themselves up, had no clue about sales. Mm-hmm. I remember my college professor being like, well, why do they need interns to help sell group tickets for this fundraising program? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to go figure it out, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, you know, every year there's more resources, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, folks like you that are doing podcasts. There's folks like me that are putting content out on LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, there's great websites out there like the clubhousecareers.com that's, you know, putting out great information about like what these disciplines look like. And so one, I think it's just like, you know, doing your research. You know, I think that's a big piece of it. Um, Being true to yourself about like, does this job actually sound really fun to me? Is it fulfilling? Is it something that I think brings out the best version of myself? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, two is like, I I would just try to get exposed to those as much as you can. Yeah. You know, going into your college and, you know, asking them to create an internship for you in a specific department that maybe mm-hmm. they don't even have right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, going to, you know, spend a day with that pro or minor league sports team mm-hmm. and just like shadowing somebody for that yeah. day. Um, it's, you know, sending five, 10 messages a week on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, asking you know, asking leaders in the space that, you know, hey, can I pick your brain for five to 10 minutes, you know, really just to learn more about you and how you've Mm -hmm. got to the position that you're in. And so I think when you do all of those things, like you just start to expose yourself and learn more. And like I mentioned, it's kind of on you at that point to say, hey, this is this is a career for me. This is a discipline that I'm really passionate about. Um, And then, you know, can you get an actual internship with those those organizations? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always say too, you know, with internships, like if you find out that, you know, you don't like that specific discipline by spending three months in it, that's a win, right? Because you're not going to spend three years in a, in a position that you don't like. And so I think it's really important that, you know, you really find that discipline that you want, Mm -hmm. that you don't use another discipline to get to another discipline. Um, You know, because, you know, it's just not going to bring out the best version of yourself because you're not really passionate about that type of the work. Yeah. That's so well said, brother. And, you know, I, I think that's why experience and internships carry so much weight. Yes, it does help build the resume, as, as you know, you mentioned earlier, is valuable. But I think even more than that, when you're in those internships and part-time experiences, you're able to think to yourself, okay, well, that marketing internship, I wasn't quite as invested as I was in that operations internship. And so I'm thinking operations is for me. And you can't learn that in a classroom, right? I, I always preach this to anybody I'm mentoring. You can't ever learn what is best for you and what you're most passionate about in a classroom setting. It has to be in the field. So I think to your point, that's and, and it really the only way uh, in sports that you'll figure out what is best for you is taking those those chances on experiences. It's well said. And that's, that's a topic I've been obsessed with for the last two years is that, mm-hmm. you know, you'll learn more by taking massive action by, from reading one book than reading 50 books. Yeah. You know, 100%. and so I think that's just such a good point is like, yeah. You know, get in there, be okay with failing, you know, yeah. just take action and kind of see where it leads you. Yeah, absolutely, brother. And another common challenge, I think this is a good follow-up question, is the early stages of a career, it's tough to land a full-time position. It takes, you know, obviously persistence, as you mentioned, and it takes really stepping out um, to apply for certain jobs and internships. 
And so how can a young professional take advantage of the part-time opportunities and internships to hopefully land that full-time spot? Yeah, I love this topic because I, I remember, you know, like I mentioned, like I, I wasn't prepared really to, to get that internship mm-hmm. in Tampa, right? I remember showing up on the first day, walking in with, you know, this guy who was like the quintessential like sports management like person, right? Yeah. Like he went to this private school at the University of Tampa, like he'd had mm-hmm. multiple internships, you know, had some connections, yeah. you know, was really well spoken. And then here comes this, you know, kid from, you know, the Appalachian Mountains with this thick country accent from like an extremely small school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we walk in at the same time and you know, all of a sudden we sit in this room with all the rest of the, you know, 30 interns and, you know, there's the University of Florida, Florida State, you know, the University of Colorado Boulder. And like, I just felt like so inadequate, I guess, compared to everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Like they're coming from these huge schools, like with yeah. these great sports management programs. And then here I am. Um, and I mean, I was about as raw as you could be going into that internship. Yeah. And so I remember being about two weeks into the internship you know, pretty down on myself. You know, I was the youngest one in the internship class. I was 19, living in a big city, like didn't know anyone, mm-hmm. didn't really have friends at the time yet. Yeah. And you know, I was pretty, you know, kind of, you know, homesick, kind of down on myself. And I was talking to my dad and he's like, and this is where it's going to come back to your question. And he's like, listen, Gentry, he's like, it's three months. He's yeah. like, finish the summer strong. He's like, all you got to do, he's like, if you'll just work hard, you'll be a sponge and let them know you want to be there. He's like, they're going to offer you a full-time job. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you just do those three simple things, like it'll work itself out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've took that approach for the next, you know, nine years of my career, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, that, you know, those three months, Um, but I made sure I was the first person in the last Mm -hmm. person to leave. You know, I showed up to training camp at, you know, basically at six o'clock in the morning, just so I could get 30 minutes of role play just to get face to face time with like the hiring manager. Yeah. You know, I would, I mean, I remember awkwardly walking into my boss's office and being like, Hey, like I want to work here full time. Like, what do I got to do? Like, what do you need from me? Like, I'll do anything. And I lived in a printing room. Like (laughs) I lived in like, you know, blacking out credit cards. I mean, just some of the small, you know, just work that interns, you know, typically get. Um, But I did it with a positive attitude. I did it with infectious Mm -hmm. energy and effort. And yeah, I think that's what it it takes. You know, it's being proactive. Like Mm -hmm. we've all seen those interns that are actually moving and doing stuff and being really helpful and proactive. And we've also seen those interns that are on their phone all day or on the computer, just scrolling the internet, Mm -hmm. you know? So you know, if you want a job, it's kind of up to you to go take it. But, you know, I think that advice my dad gave me was, you know, it's control the controllables. It's work hard, be coachable. Absolutely. And so well said, too. And I think the the amazing part of an internship is you are given an opportunity to be around uh, individuals that you can learn a lot from, right? I'll, I'll give mm-hmm. a great example from my experience. I was an intern with the Colts back in 2019, and their offensive coordinator at the time was Nick Sirianni, who was just the Eagles Super Bowl head coach. Yeah, And I wasn't in charge of his room. I would take out his trash. I'd refill his Keurig. I'd wipe the tables down. And I, I made it a point to build a relationship with Coach Sirianni, right? I, I talked to him every day. I'd ask him questions about, man, how do you coach these guys? How do you, you know, get yourself to a point of confidence where you're here and all these different things? And he eventually asked me one day to go pick up his family from the airport, right? And so I got to have a face-to-face with his family, and I got to build that relationship and obviously now he's the head coach of, of the runner-up Super Bowl team, right? 
So yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's those opportunities where it's like, man, if I didn't step out of my comfort zone and ask him questions and build relationships, I would have never taken advantage of that opportunity of being in front of a potential future head coach. So intern- and, and being and being excellent in the job that you're called to be, right? Exactly. Like that's not the most glamorous job. Not at all. Right. But I think I think that's one of the things that I really try to just to to mm-hmm. to instill like every day and how I approach, you know, my day to day, especially as a Christian in sports and yeah. in my professional career is like, how do I be excellent at whatever the task is, no matter what the task, 100%. you know? Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, kudos to you for, for doing that because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people would be like, I'm taking the trash out for the offensive coordinator. Like right. this is what I'm doing with my summer, you know? So yeah. kudos to you for practicing excellence, even when, you know, most people wouldn't. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think to your point as well, like a lot of the internships that I've done involve what you mentioned, right? You taking the trash out, you're, you know, shredding paper, like, it's like, man, like, I, I want to do the, the, the stuff that's fun, right? But it's like, that's just not really what the internship might be, right? And so you have to take advantage of just being there and even do small things like taking out the trash at, at a high level. So yep. it's great advice, great advice. And Gentry, I think a, a question that even I ask myself sometimes when I'm trying to mentor young people is, what are those skills that young professionals should possess and work to, to gain to have success in this industry. So if you could give maybe three skills that you would just encourage a young person to, to have or, or gain, what would those be? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to give the, the run of the mill just type of mm-hmm. advice. Like, I, you know, listen, if, if you're not going to be a hard worker, like you're not going to make it very far. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have a positive attitude, you're not going to make it, you know, like, Absolutely. you know, so I, I, I'm going to give a little bit different, unique advice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think the number one is like being intellectually curious, I think yeah. is, is, is a big game changer, especially as you grow your career. Like, you know, I think the the further you get into your career, I think it's really easy to kind of get stuck into your ways and say, Hey, I've always done it this way. I've always yeah. seen it this way. But I think those continue to to evolve. And I think, you know, you, as you talk about like, Hey, I'm mentoring other people. Yeah. Well, if you want other people to be better, you have to also focus on being better, Absolutely. you know? And so I think that's a, you know, that's basically a contract that you kind of have mm-hmm. to sign with yourself to say, Hey, it's on me to, to continue to keep getting better too, yeah. you know, and that's, it's discipline, it's discipline to do it. Yeah. You know, my, you know, my schedule is crazy. Like my calendar is built for me, you know, basically weeks in advance. Yeah. I still have to find that time yeah. to, you know, to help improve myself. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, staying intellectually curious and always trying to seek, but like, how can I be better? Like, what's that 1%? How do I find that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that the second thing is like, you know, to, to really think of your career much more from a chess perspective than a checkers perspective. Yeah. You know, I think in today's society, in, in today's microwave society, like everybody wants that quick win. They want that instant gratification. They want to go to Instagram and show yeah. like, hey, I'm winning at life, Yeah. you know. For sure. um, but I think those that can delay that instant gratification and really look at you know, the things that they're doing is much more for an investment for the long term. Mm-hmm. I think are really those people that set themselves up for a really long term mm-hmm. sustainable career. Yeah. And so I think your ability to do that is is patience while also having a lot of ambition, which kind of doesn't make sense when you think about those things initially, because mm-hmm. um, they don't typically coexist. Yeah. That doesn't mean they can't. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. I think those are two things that I think, you know, in addition to all the, you know, the key characteristics mm-hmm. that we all have to possess in life, yeah. uh, I think are some things that I would really encourage young people to think about mm-hmm. um, because again, the other 99% aren't. Yeah. And so well said. And I love your last point too, of 
delaying the instant gratification. I think that's the hardest part about sports is that it is a very slow career. And, and what I mean by that is you have to be persistent in taking opportunities that, you know, might be an internship. It might be part time. It might be not exactly where you want to be, but it's going to help you get to that point. And so you have to just have patience. Right. And and so I think that's the hardest part about this industry is, is not everybody can can wait. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, it's yep. going gonna to take 10 years for me to be whatever this is. Right. Um, yep. So you see a lot of the leaders in sports, the, the individuals that are in director roles um, or are just leading in, you know, VPs or whatever it is, they're a lot older in age, right? And it doesn't always have to be that way, but it sometimes just takes a long time. So to your point there, I think that's, that definitely is a, a part of the uh, the skill set you should have is it's just having patience and staying the course. That's well said. Yep. Absolutely. And a great follow-up question, Gentry, is, Another common struggle of young people in sports is, is burnout, right? Especially in the early stages because, you know, it, it's, the truth is that pay is minimal, hours are, are long, and it can just be like, man, like, is this really what I want to do? And so how have you stayed the course in this industry for so many years? And how can our young professionals do the same and avoid that burnout? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's one that our industry, I think, talks a lot about, but it probably still even needs to be more talked about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for me, I guess I was lucky in the fact of like, I don't know what else I would be doing. Mm-hmm. No, like if I hadn't, yeah. you know, like I, I'm, I was so blessed to get that, you know, that opportunity, you know, that's, that's one of those situations where God's plans are bigger than, than our plans type of, of deal, oh, totally. you know, example scenarios that we see all the time. Yeah. Um, like I just wanted to be a minor league, you know, minor league or just around the college that, of where I'm from. And, and, you know, now I'm living in the biggest city in America, Right. you know, so yeah. Yeah. Again, like I don't, I don't know what I would be doing. Like yeah. when I say I really don't, I, I don't. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for for me, you know, I think a lot about it is, you know, I was so blessed that I had leaders mm-hmm. that took me under their wing, yeah. that invested in me, that cared about me, that you know pushed me and saw something in myself that I didn't even see yet, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, when I got back, you know, after my internship, my first day in Tampa, like it was all about like how do I get to a position where I get to pay that forward? How do I get to help invest in others? How do I get to help others live a life that they didn't even think were possible? Yeah. You know? And so, you know, that's kind of my, that's my why, you know, that's what yeah. drives me every single day. So you know, I, I think when, when I ever get sideways on, you know, like what's the point of putting all these extra hours in, or, you know, we had four home games like in a week, you know, two weeks ago, like, those are long hours. Like I'm not wanting to wake up at four 30 to still go to the gym, yeah, you know, right. but you know, and then it's another long day. Like we had an event last night, but you know, for me, it's the impact that, that I get to have on people when they come mm-hmm. into my office and say, Hey, like, you don't even know the, the impact you've made on me in just three months of yeah. working here. Yeah. Or you see, you know, one of your mentees get their first leadership opportunity and yeah. then they're getting to pass on values and beliefs that mm-hmm. you've given to, to others. And so, you know, I think there's a, there's a big difference between joy and fulfillment. Totally. You know, joy is fleeting. It's in the moment. Yeah. Fulfillment's lasting, right? Yeah. And I think where I've always judged myself is like, when my feet hit the floor every morning, like, am I excited to go do the work that I'm about to do? Yeah. And then on the second, on the back end of that is like, when I go home and I throw my keys on the counter, uh, well, I guess my, my wallet now since I'm taking the subway all the time, <laughs> it's like... Did the work I do, the, the work I did today, did that matter? Mm. Did that help yeah. somebody? Did that help, 
you know, future people, like, was that fulfilling? Did I feel like I made an impact? And, you know, most of the time I've been very blessed, like for, for nine years, like the answer to that question most of the time has been yes. Uh, But anytime it's not, then I know I need to recalibrate, right? Like I know I need to realign. Mm. Uh, But I think that's, what's really helped me. And I think, you know, listen, like this, this career, this industry is not for everyone, Yeah, you know, and for everyone, they're not, they're not saying yes to those questions. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, I always encourage that you should go find a job that you do feel that way Mm -hmm. about. Cause we've got one life to live on this earth. Like yeah. what's the point of, you know, coming to work miserable. Mm-hmm. What's the point of not feeling fulfilled by your work? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's, what's kind of guided me and that's how I try to guide others. Yeah. Um, so it's a great question, Noah. That's well said brother. And, and I was really thinking too, of, you know, having a why I think is one of the most important aspects of, of, I think being successful in sports. I mean, you think about the best athletes, right? I always kind of compare it to being an athlete because I think it makes a lot of sense to people. But you think about the best basketball players ever, right? Kobe Bryant being one of those, right? You know, Kobe is obviously very talented, right? He was a very talented guy. And the reason he reached the heights that he reached was because of his passion for the game. He outworked yep. everybody. He loved it. He had a why, right? There's, yep. a, there's a lot of guys that have come out of high school, as Kobe did, with a lot of promise that haven't really panned out, right? And not to say that they didn't have the skills, right? But maybe they didn't have the same passion. And so I think it goes for when you work in this industry, you're not going to be able to persevere through the long hours and the, and the low pay or whatever else the challenge is if you don't have that why and that foundation. So I think it's great advice, brother, and definitely very applicable. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great example. Mm-hmm. No doubt, brother. And, you know, I think another good follow-up to kind of this conversation we're having, Gentry, is you've been in this industry for a while. What are some of the challenges you have faced and how can our listeners learn from those challenges? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, you know, I think the thing that I always come back to is like just enjoying the, the journey a lot more, you know, and, and listen, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, a little bit younger for, for my role and I would say probably most. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I've sacrificed certain things to get to this position, you know, quickly, you know, it's, it goes back to my favorite quote, right? Like you either sacrifice for what you want or what you want becomes a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, so I've had to, you know, sacrifice holidays at home. I've had to sacrifice weekends, you know, at the mm. beach with my friends, um, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, also, I also don't regret cause I'm in the position I'm in because of those things. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of times I wonder too, like, could I still be in this seat mm-hmm. and enjoyed that lunch with my coworkers a little bit more yeah. or, you know, took that trip back home for that, you know, special event that I didn't yeah. because I thought work was just so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I think I would have just said like, don't take yourself so serious. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where my faith really helped me a lot where that's I good. don't look at this as, as nearly as significant mm-hmm. as I, you know, probably used to, or I was, you know, tossing and turning at night yeah. thinking about the only thing about work. And so, yeah. you know, I would say that, you know, the first, you know, seven years of my career, I was a one dimensional person. Yeah. You know, my career was my identity. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing else to Gentry besides the mm-hmm. sports industry, you know, sales leader, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, for the last really like, you know, two, three years, I've really focused on being a more well-rounded, more, you know, more than a one dimensional person. Yeah. And so I think, I think you can do it all. I really yeah. do. I think you can be a great, 
you can be a great you know sports industry executive i think you can have your fitness in a great place i think mm. you can be a great significant other i think you can be a great follower of your faith yeah. but it takes intentionality sure right like yeah. you know it takes cutting out maybe some mindless netflix some days yeah. you know yeah um, but you know, I think it just you have to be intentional with everything that you do so um, if you want to be great in all those areas. So good, Gentry, and man, I love what you said. Of you know, you can't have yourself be so one dimensional, and you can't have that uh, job um, be your identity. I think you know, I, I heard this one time, and I can't remember who said it for the life of me. But the question of if a job was taken from you, if if the thing that you spend the most time on was taken from you, who would you be? Right, who would you be? And I think processing that question for me has given me a lot of peace in the work that I do. I'm sure the work that you do of, well, I'm I'm more than my job. I love what I do and praise praise God that I'm here and that I can use this, but I'm that's not me, right? I'm I'm so much more yep. than just my job. And so I think, you know, for our for our young people listening and I'm kind of reiterating what you said already, but you are more than what your job is says you are, right? You you can be a great young professional. You can be a great sport industry leader, but that's not all of who you are. And so I think that can be a challenge. It can be a huge challenge of, of trying to overcome that um, and finding out who you are outside of your career. So that's, that's well yep. said. Yeah, and I, and I guess that, that wake-up call to me was during COVID, yeah. right? Like all of a sudden you have this crazy black swan type of event that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And like, luckily I worked for an organization, you know, in the, in the Cavs, like, you know, they took care of all their people through COVID, but you know, not every organization was that lucky. Mm -hmm. Right. True. So like a black swan event could come tomorrow and take your job from you. Like, totally. who are you going to be? Yeah. You know, so, be? Exactly. um, yeah. you know, we've seen it. Like I, you know, I, the first time, like, you know, what was it like fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Well, yeah. you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how I guess I looked at it. So, yeah. Absolutely, brother. So well said. And Gentry, the last question I have for you, and I think this is, again, a great follow-up to the challenges you've faced. You are a man of faith, as you mentioned, a follower of Jesus. How have you been able to live out your faith in the workplace? I think that's a challenge for young people, especially in our network, who are trying to be great at what they do, but also live out their faith. How have you been able to do both of those? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's really one of the things I'm most passionate about. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, it, I think it's practicing excellence in everything that you do. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, even in the times where I've been in jobs where maybe I didn't feel as fulfilled or I wasn't enjoying them as much, like yeah. it's it's still my job as a Christian to, to practice excellence. Yeah. And, you Absolutely. know, to, to lead that way. Yeah. And, you know, to, to really be the example for, for, for so many others, right? Like mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a mentor, you know, tell me one time, like, you know, you may be the only Bible that someone ever reads, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, like, what are what are they reading? Yeah. You know. So for me, I hope it's somebody that they see that you know lives out you know the Christian values, that practices excellence every day, that mm -hmm. invests in their people, yeah. um, that treats people the right way. Yeah. Um, and so I think like you can show, hey, like I'm going to be the example for somebody. You know, like you know who is that? Who is that example for me? looking for that Christian leader in the sports industry, yeah. you know? And so, you know, I, I think it was something early in my career I didn't see a lot of, yeah. you know, and I think the more you just kind of, you know, throw, you know, throw some inklings out there for other people to see like, Oh, he, he's a Christian too. Like, you know, Oh, he goes to church. Like, yeah. you know, I think that shows like, Hey, 
there is somebody else like me. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the path for me to follow. Yeah. And so, you know, I, that's what I try to do is just, you know, show those glimpses, you know, to, to people of like, Hey, you know, I, I am a Christian. This is how I try to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it comes down to, to those things, you know? And so yeah. well, the last thing I would mention is that, you know, I think on our last question I mentioned, it, it's like, it kind of makes this thing not seem as a big of a deal, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. in, in the grand scope of life, yeah. like, you know, this is my career and it's a big part of who I am and God's placed me in this position for a reason. Um, but at the end of the day, it's only one part of my life, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. I think I just try to keep that in the back of my mind as I'm going through the, the day on something that, mm-hmm. you know, this huge fire drill that we're having, like it'll pass. Yeah. So that's so well said. And I love what you mentioned of, you know, for a lot of people, we're the only Bible they will ever read as Christians in the sports world. And I think that that's a blessing in my eyes. I think it's a blessing that, you know, we get to display the character and nature of God to others. So I think that's really an encouragement to me, uh, hopefully an encouragement to our listeners that um, you have been given a, a space in sports, not to just, you know, be successful for yourself, but also help others um, have success, not just in career, but in their in their own spiritual journey, right? To find out uh, who Jesus is and, and hopefully follow him as well. So yep. well said, Gentry. Well said all around. Appreciate it. And Gentry, I really appreciate you taking time to join us today and being able to learn from you and, and your nuggets of wisdom. So uh, encouraging you to continue uh, living out, um, you know, just the, the character and person that you are. Um, and we're wishing you well as you continue serving. Well, like I said, I, I really appreciate it, Noah. I think you're doing a fantastic job here. Um, you know, again, I think, you know, like I said, you, you came extremely prepared, like you practice excellence just in during this call and just yeah. like, you know, just your mission in general. So um, I love what you're doing. Uh, I hope, you know, more people continue just to, to jump on board the, you know, the, the train of, of everything that you're doing. Like, I know it's a lot of work. I, I know as, as someone who creates a lot of content, I don't yeah. think everyone realizes how much work goes into these things. Yeah, totally. um, so, you know, kudos to you for, for going out there and doing it, mm-hmm. you know, like just talked about earlier, just like taking massive action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate it. Like I said, really humbled. Um, you know, if, if any of your listeners, uh, ever want to reach out and they need some advice, you know, I'm certainly open to doing that. You know, yeah. you can always reach me at my email, jmullins at bseglobal.net. Uh, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Like I said, I, I post content every single day. So feel free to, yeah. to reach out there as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Jen, she appreciate you, man. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry, as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.